This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. 24 hours after their best win of the season, the Knicks are still the story. We talk about it right now on ESPN New York Tonight. Oh, off and running on a Monday night. Hey there, you. How's everybody feeling? I think we're feeling good, right? Big Monday edition of ESPN New York tonight. We take you up until midnight. Freddie and Fitz then. I am, of course, Gordon Damer flying solo uh, tonight. Larry, his wife, Jeanette, taking a little vacation. So hopefully he and the missus are enjoying themselves. Of course, hard not to enjoy yourself after watching the New York Knicks play yesterday, getting the win against the Clippers out in L.A. So we got lots to talk about. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And, like, what do you think we're going to open with tonight? You know, people will occasionally bring up how the teams in this town rank. You know, if everything's being equal. Are the Giants the number one team? Are the Yankees the number one team? And I will say now what I say then. All things being equal, when the Knicks are right, the Knicks are the biggest thing going in this town. And the only reason why people kind of forgot that is because it's been a long time since the Knicks have been right. So on a day like yesterday, where you have the Yankees with another walk-off win, Glaber Torres hitting his finally his first home run of the season, on a day where the Mets finish off a sweep, win their fifth in a row, they're sitting alone in first place in the National League East. And a day where the unquestioned best pitcher in baseball goes down with an injury again. It's not even the shocking win of uh, Canelo Alvarez over Billy Joe Saunders over the weekend. Who saw that coming, right? I think everyone. No, the story of yesterday and the story of today, throughout the day, was and continues to be the Knicks. Knicks go into L.A. yesterday, beat the Clippers. The Clippers not playing shorthand. They had Kawhi. They had Paul George. The Knicks actually were playing shorthanded. No Emmanuel quickly, no Alec Burks. Julius Randle wasn't the offensive juggernaut that he has been at other times this year. Times where he has just kind of carried the team on his back, scoring at will. And others have said, and it's completely true, the Knicks' best regular season win in a very long time. And it doesn't take you a very long time to to know that because the inventory of important regular season wins the last seven years is not too deep. But what a job by the Knicks yesterday. Derrick Rose finishing with 25. He has been absolutely fantastic. Both Larry and I, many people, were in favor of that move because we felt like, you know what, you're not really giving up a whole lot. But boy, oh boy, have you got back a whole lot. Man, even the most optimistic Nick fan could not have expected that Derrick Rose would have played like this. He has been absolutely sensational. Reggie Bullock finishing with 24, bunch of big threes. R.J. Barrett hit some big shots. And then... When you needed the closer to come along, Julius Randle hitting some big shots down the stretch as well. Knicks defense bringing it, making Kawhi Leonard work, making Paul George work for for everything. And this, after it seemed like maybe the road trip was going a little sideways, right? The Denver disaster was ugly. 
The second half against the Suns was certainly not good. I mean, the roof just absolutely caved in. And that was the game that made you wonder a little bit, right? Like the, the knock on the Knicks has been, well, yeah, they're doing all this. And they're beating a lot of bad teams. And occasionally they'll beat the good team. But you know what? They can't really hang with the best teams. And when the Suns wanted to kind of flip the switch that night in Phoenix, they absolutely flipped the switch and they really didn't miss in the second half. So for the Knicks to go out there yesterday, and what they did was they earned that win. Much like they've earned their spot in the postseason. Even the most optimistic Nick fan who might have hoped for the playoffs couldn't have expected the playoffs this year. And you know how good it is? This is how good it is to be a Nick fan right now. Their play have forced even the verified Nick haters out there to show them some respect. They forced them to show them some respect because at this point, Doing what the Knicks have done, no other reasonable opinion could be had. You know, it, it's all well and good to pick on the Knicks when things were bad and to doubt them early on in the season or to doubt them midway through the season. But here we are, a week away basically from the playoffs or a little bit more than that, and they're sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference. It's kind of hard to still play that act when it's clearly not true. So kudos to Tom Thibodeau. The job he has done has been incredible. I mean, all season long, not just putting guys in position, but getting the best out of everyone. I mean, think of the list of guys where they're getting the best out of everyone. Julius Randle, obviously a career year this year and has, has transformed into a different player than what he was before this year. And all the kudos and credit goes to him as well, not just for, um, you know, making the changes, you know, being willing to be coached. I'm sure there's when Tom Thibodeau got the job, one of the concerns I had was, well, will his, his, his act, will his, um, will his lessons be accepted by the players on the team, or will that wear thin, which seems like it's happened in other places? So kudos not only to Thibodeau, but kudos to Julius Randle for being that player and, and really transforming his career. But R.J. Barrett, Derrick Rose, again, has looked like uh, the Derrick Rose before the knee injury. But even, uh, you know, Nerlens Noel, you know, when the Knicks got Nerlens Noel, I don't think that we thought that he would have nearly the impact that he has had. Or Reggie Bullock. And, you know, I did want to make one point about Derrick Rose, and a credit to him as well to turn back the clock and play like what he has. And, and who could have thought, right, that this is what you would be getting for Dennis Smith Jr. and a second-round pick. And what that move means, to me at least, and I was, as I was watching him yesterday, it kind of ties into what we've talked about, like the excitement for the now but the excitement for the future, in that the, the front office – identified the guy. Now, look, he has the relationship with Tom Thibodeau, so I'm sure that that weighed on it as well. But the, the, the front office identified a guy that could pay off a big dividend for a small price, and they read the situation correctly in terms of what small moves would make a big impact. Remember, once the trade deadline came and went, and the Knicks were still kind of, you know, two games over 500, two games under 500, there were a lot of people, well, see... They should have made it. They should have pushed for a stronger move. They should have pushed for a bigger acquisition. 
this wasn't enough. This team has a shot to get into the playoffs, and they needed to make a much bigger splash, something that previous front offices absolutely would have done. So, I mean, it's not just the faith that you have in the players. That goes into what's going on right now. But the real excitement for Nick fans, or at least for me, is that it really seems like not just at the head coach, but also in the front office, that this, this regime has a better read on the situation and has more of a clue on what they're doing than anyone who has run the show here for quite some time. And again, much like saying that yesterday was the most important Nick win in the regular season in quite some time. It's not hard to do that because the, the inventory of the other candidates is not all that deep. So what to do for the Knicks has been, uh, been absolutely fantastic. But it's funny because listening today, I was driving around some today doing this or doing that, and listening to not just the celebration of, of yesterday and the obvious, uh, you know, the, the fact that the Knicks have all but clinched a playoff spot here and are not just going to be part of the mix for the play-in. They are going to be in the playoffs almost certainly and are moving closer to locking up the fourth seed. But, you know, I was listening that, you know what, well, now that they've done this, that, they have to do this. Now that they've won that game, they have to make sure they do this. Is this a, still a successful season if they don't win a playoff series? That has been a major talking point today from callers, from hosts, shows on TV, this thing, that thing. So what do the Knicks have to do for this to be a successful season? Well, coming up, I will give you the only reasonable answer that there is. What the Knicks have to do to make this a successful season. Obviously, want to hear from you. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It's Gordon Damer. It's ESPN New York tonight coming up. We'll touch on the Knicks we will get into the Yankees after the weekend they had. We'll touch on the Mets, obviously, with not just how they're playing, but the big news about uh, Jacob deGrom. Did the Mets make a mistake by bringing him back and not putting him on the injured list already? Now he is on the injured list, but I'm talking about the first time when he sat out and missed a start. Did they screw that up? Tim Tebow is apparently coming back to the NFL. <laughs> what year is it? The Knicks are good, and Tebow's back. Very, very odd. And we have some other stuff to do as well. Do not adjust your radio dials. This is ESPN New York Tonight. I am Gordon Damer. Larry on vacation this week, so flying solo tonight. Tomorrow, ESPN New York Tonight will be immediately following the K-Show. With the Knicks out in L.A., uh, I guess the pregame starts at 10 tomorrow night. So we'll be on following the K-Show as we lead you into Knicks, Lakers, and LeBron. So we've been talking about the Knicks, obviously, after their big win yesterday against the Clippers. But it's amazing to me how quickly the conversation, it seems like, has moved on to something else. And now it's, well, now that the Knicks are making the playoffs – They have to win a playoff series, right? If they don't win a playoff series, the season will be a disappointment. After all, they very well might be the four seed taking on the Hawks in the opening round. They might very well have home court advantage in the opening round of the playoffs. Stop. Everybody just stop. 
You know what will be the goal of a Knicks season being a success? Sitting here on May 10th talking about the Knicks getting a big win in L.A. and having this massive success. The Knicks season's already been a success. That's uh, end of statement. I don't care what they do in the play. Now, look, I don't want to get swept. I don't want to get bounced and get embarrassed in the playoffs, but I'm fairly confident that's not going to be the case. Now, look, if they go into the playoffs and they get blown out four straight games as the four seed or the five seed, um, I might revise my statement. But the, this Knicks team does not get blown out day after day. I don't think it's going to happen in the playoffs. They, you know, they bring it every single night. Their defense travels well. So uh, this Knicks season, by all metrics and measures, is already a success. And even if they got swept in the first round, this season will be a success. As long as the games are not, you know, they're not losing by 20 years, uh, 20 points. They have a first-year head coach, first full year of the front office. They went, they had 21 wins left. I mean, does everybody have amnesia? They won 21 games. They've won more games, or excuse me, they've won as many games this year as they did the last two years combined. Stop it. Now, if they go into the playoffs and it, and it got embarrassing, or even if they lost a playoff series, if they go into the playoffs this year and lost in the opening round, I would say, well, you know what? The playoffs were disappointing. But the season wasn't disappointing. This season has been more than any of us could have expected. And it's not a fluke. It's not like, hey, how did they do them? No, they got, a, they got Julius Randle playing like a franchise player. They got all these guys stepping up on a night-in, night-out basis. So, yes, of course, this season's already been a success. And I will say this. If you find anyone that says the Knicks need to do this or they need to do that, I, I would ask you to just question whether or not you're actually in the presence of a verified Nick hater. Because it's very possible that's why the goalposts are being moved all of a sudden. Right? They couldn't do it because the team kept winning. They couldn't do it because the team is now going to be in the playoffs. They can't say that the Knicks are a fraud team. Well, you know, they're just beating bad teams. No, they're going to the playoffs. They're going to be one of the top six. They've had an amazing, successful season already. So now it's time to move the goalposts and say, well, you know what? Yeah, they, they did this. They did that. But they got to win a playoff series. They don't win a playoff series. The season will be a disappointment. Get out of here. Get lost. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to uh, the phones. We'll start things off, let's see here, with Matthew in Highland Park. Matthew, what's going on, buddy? Hey, um, so I'll be the first to say I'm a pretty casual basketball fan, yeah. but I don't think the Knicks have to do a single thing anymore this season. I, I mean, season after season, my friends have been miserable with disappointment after disappointment, and they have completely changed the narrative. They changed the culture, the narrative. People are excited for Knicks basketball, and that to me has made this season a success. Absolutely, um, thank you for taking uh, my call. No, all right, thanks, Matt. Uh, look, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, nobody. There's nothing that the Knicks have to do at this point that will turn this season and make you say, "Ah, oh, you know what? That was actually turned out to be a bad season. That actually turned out to be disappointing." In year one with Tom Thibodeau, they've won as many games as they won the last two years combined. They're going to be a playoff team. Not, you know, 
oh, they got in as the nine seed, but they won a play-in, and then they got into the playoffs. That backdoored it, fluked their way in. Some team had an injury or something. No, they made it on their own merit. They earned it. They earned their spot. And this season has already been a success. And I'm now look, I don't want it to end. I want it to keep going as long. I mean, how much of a, how many people have said it already? And it's absolutely true. It's a joy to watch them. You know, usually you got, nah, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, 15 games into a season these past six or seven years. And it's been like, oh, God, the Knicks are on again. Oh, boy, let me flip it on. Let me see what they're doing. And before too long, you know, the roof caved in. That has, not, that has been the absolute direct opposite of that this year. This has been a joy to watch. It's been a joy to watch Julius Randle on a night-in, night-out basis. It's been a joy to watch R.J. Barrett go from someone who people were questioning, oh, is he going to be a bust, to turning out to be in year two, taking a step forward in basically every category that you can possibly step forward. And seeing the team play the way they do. I mean, they are a joy to watch. This is what we've been – I mean, how many years have we been asking, oh, we want a team that plays with heart, plays with defense, that brings effort every single night? Ta-da! That's what you got this year. It's been fantastic. Let's go to John John in Harlem. John John, what's going on? What's up, Jordan? How you doing? Let me I'm take good, the man. What's speaker going on? off. No, I'm checking in, man. Um, long caller. I mean, listener, uh, I've been calling you all regularly. I had a few conversations with you and Larry. Uh, shout out to him. We'll be having a great trip, safe and everything. But, Gordon, you also were one of the people who doubted the Knicks. I even called in and, and talked about it. Doubted? You doubted of course. They say you shouldn't shoot threes. No, I never said you shouldn't I, shoot threes. I, I absolutely I said, doubted the Knicks. I didn't think that um, they were going right. to be a playoff team this year. Right. Uh, I did question the hiring of Tom Thibodeau. Um, right. I didn't. Uh, I didn't think that maybe Leon Rose was the right guy, but I was willing to give him a chance. Those are the only mm-hmm. things that I consistently. But here's the thing, John. John, I base my opinions on the facts. So when the Knicks are coming off six or seven losing seasons in a row, and everything they touched is garbage, yeah, I'm going to probably be a little skeptical that things are going to turn around overnight. But as the season went along. I don't know that I have had a negative thing to say about the Knicks in a very long time. You know, outside, oh, they lost a game. That's too bad. You know, that type of stuff. But I have not had a negative thing to say about the Knicks in a very long time. I have been waiting for a season like this, and uh, I don't think that there's anything you could say that I said that uh, I doubted them recently. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And that's true. I was was getting ready to say, God, got you, Gordon. Larry's gone. But you said it right off the bat. You said, listen. Absolutely. Uh, made people turn their payment, and that's all it is. You have to look at the pieces with added. People didn't give no credit. They definitely doubted RJ. They doubted, they doubted all that. You know I definitely, I give you kudos for doubting Tom Twitter. I absolutely hated the move. Yeah. But we have to let the formula come into play. We got a very good young team. Very good. And they got to give some of the credit. Tom Thibodeau is doing a masterful job, but he has to give a lot of credit for the players putting in oh. the work, like Jimmy Randall said. Absolutely. I mean, and John, John, thanks for the call. I mean, that's where the credit is always going to go, right? And even Tom Thibodeau would say, you know, he can say whatever he wants or he can draw up whatever he wants or game plans or this thing or that thing. If the players don't buy in, um, it's not going to matter. And that was my one of my concerns because the rep on, on Thibodeau was that, you know, he's, he's so one way, he's so hard charging that, you know, guys kind of, 
it kind of wears on them after a while and it kind of burns them out and they kind of tune them out. But I mean, so far, I mean, how could you have anything else? And in terms of RJ Barrett, I I have consistently said that I was not going to judge him based on last year because last year was such a weird year for a rookie year. And that's been kind of, uh, I've kind of used that as a blanket statement on all the sports because of the pandemic and the, you know, the season ending the way it did and coming in in a weird year and, and a coaching staff that, uh, the coaching change and the beginning of the season was a disaster. The end of the season was slightly better, but they were an organization in flux. And for Leon Rose to take this over and do the job that he's done, Thibodeau, I mean, it's all fantastic. Now, it's the first step, but it's a huge step. I mean, how many of us thought that we were going to get this step this year? You were hoping, I think a realistic Nick fan was hoping, you know, two years, maybe things are pointed in the right direction. Already this year, it's been a godsend. And when they went out on this West Coast road trip, I said, based on the teams that they're competing for, you go three and three, I'm very confident that they're going to come home and they're going to be sitting in the fourth spot. Now, the Hawks did win tonight. They pulled off a a one-point win, I think it was, against Washington. So it is still, uh, you know, everything kind of remains the same uh, in the Eastern Conference playoff standings. The Knicks are the four, the Hawks are the five, and then come the Heat. But, I mean, you got three wins already, and, and who's to say they can't win the fourth game? I mean, the Lakers have really struggled. At, at last check, right, the, the Lakers are still in the play-in. So they need the game, but they lost the tiebreaker to Portland. So even if they won that game and make up a game on Portland, Portland still has the tiebreaker. So the Knicks are the four. Hawks are a half game behind. The Heat are a full game behind. So we got three games left, and they went three, at least three wins on the road trip. And I'm confident that they're going to come back and still be in the four spot. And if you're in the four spot, I mean, wow. I don't know that many of us could have could have hoped that coming back from the road trip, they'd be in the four spot still. Fantastic job, especially after those two games, you know, the Denver and Phoenix game. Let's go to uh, Mark is in Tom's River. Tom's River is Mark. You're next. 98.7 FM, Mark. Hey, Glenn, how are you? I'm good, man. What's up? I'm good. Massive fan, massive fan, I got to tell you. Oh, thanks, man. I have to say, as, a, as being born and raised in New York, I'm very proud of the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, it's been a long time. I haven't and, expected this. I was, this, yeah. is, this is way ahead of schedule. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. And I think that, you know, like seven years, what was it, seven years ago, eight years ago, the year that won the 54 games, that team, like, you had some confidence in that team, but that was a very short-lived thing, man. I mean, it was here today and gone tomorrow. It was that one year, and even though you were able to get uh, Mello here, there was no long-term success. This regime and, and, and where you're sitting right now, they are set up for some long-term success. But again, I have an opinion why the Lakers, the Lakers lost the game. The Lakers lost to, to Portland? What are you talking about? The Lakers lost the game. I, I, feel, the I, have a, I feel like you should have mixed. You should have mixed. You should have mixed politics and and sports. All right, Mark. I don't know what you, Mark is. Uh, I think he's mixing a couple of things, but it's not politics and sports. If you know what? I, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to uh, Anthony. Is in White Plains. Anthony, get us back on track here, buddy. Hey, how's it going, man? Um, glad to be on the show. Thanks. Uh, um, win or lose in this playoff, uh, 
the Knicks had a successful season, regardless of what anybody says. I mean, come on, to go from, what, like the worst in the NBA last season to number four this year? Come on. Yeah, no, I agree. Who is- I, 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 I'll be honest. If they lose in the playoffs, right, let's say let's just put up a scenario. They lose in five games to um, either the Hawks or the Heat. I might look right. at the playoff series as being disappointing because I think that they can they can win games against both teams, even though the Heat, are, I do think, is a bad match. That's probably the worst of the matchups. But I'll look at the playoffs as maybe being disappointing. But at no point, you know, I'll snap back to reality pretty quickly by just thinking about what the season was and where they stand going into year two under a, under a head coach who has already exceeded the win total of everybody's expectations. Exactly, and so if anybody you know, if anybody has anything else to say against that, it's just like you know, you don't know what you're talking about because right. Well, there you go. That as goes a Knicks, you know, any Knicks fan right now, like sitting out at number four, and I guarantee they're going to set number four to the end of the season. I don't see how we're going to drop. I mean, besides the Lakers game, that might be one little issue, but. I think we're going to come back to number four. We're going to go into the playoffs to number four. And in the playoffs, I honestly think we're going to make it to – I believe we're going to make it to round two. Well, look, I, you know what, Anthony? I think the time for doubting the Knicks is over. Now, would I, would I expect that? I guess it kind of depends on the matchup. I would expect it a little bit more facing the Hawks, who are a pretty good team themselves, um, than the Heat. I think the Heat are just a tough matchup for the Knicks, so I, I would put it but – but am I doubting the Knicks? Am I saying, well, there's no way they can beat the Heat? No. I'm interested to find out. Now, think about that. Think about where you generally are with Knicks seasons, and think about the last time the Knicks exceeded expectations. Even the 54-win team, they were expected to play really well. I don't know if they were expected to win 54 games, but they were expected to play well. This team has raised the level of expectation as the season has gone along. Coming up, more your Nick calls. We've been talking about the Knicks and their win. They're getting ready for the playoffs and just what constitutes a, a successful season. And uh, I would just like to point you to the standings page. And that would be the exhibit of what uh, a successful season looks like. And uh, we actually will hopefully – before the end of the show tonight, because this is about helping you as well, because you will run into these people in your life. And I simply have termed them verified Nick haters. And probably the biggest one of all, we have a perfect example of the shenanigans they like to pull. They like to tell you, oh no, I, I respect the Knicks now. Oh no, I, uh, I, I changed my ways. I'm a big believer in the Knicks. But yet when you see how they act and the things that they say, you know that they are still verified Nick haters. So I have some evidence of that, some audio evidence of what a verified Nick hater sounds like, and we will hopefully have that before the end of the show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. I would just like to, uh, before we get back to the phones, just touch on a little bit about the baseball. Obviously, the news today about DeGrom going on the injured list, obviously not good. Hopefully, it's just the 15 days and he's back before too long. But, you know, the fact that he sat out as long as he did and looked as dominant as he did yesterday, and then all of a sudden, the fourth, uh, no, the fifth inning, 
all of a sudden kind of lost the control. And then the sixth inning had two warm-up pitches. Not a good sign. And for all the good feelings surrounding the Mets right now, five in a row, first place, National League East, not been very good. There's an opportunity for them there. The offense is eventually going to get better. Lindor is going to hit. You lose, you lose the, the main cog there. You lose the ace guy. All of a sudden, the road to the playoffs becomes a much longer road. So hopefully in the next uh, two weeks, DeGrom gets healthy and can stay healthy because the, the, I hate to say it. I mean, a guy, if you're saying, and everybody agrees, that guy is the best pitcher in baseball and was the best pitcher in baseball on a team that finished tied for last place last year. You can't tell me that, well, if we lose him for any significant period of time, we'll be okay. We'll be all right. No, he's the best guy. And if you lose him for any significant period of time, you're, I mean, <laughs> the road to the playoffs kind of hinges on his health. It's as simple as that. Uh, all right. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we'll go to Chris is an orange. Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I just want to talk about the Knicks. I think this yeah. season's been uh, an unbelievable success, and I'm yes. happy for them. The only thing I disagree on, I, I don't think that – I think there's a way that this season can be a failure even if – I don't think it could be a failure because they lose. But if they go out there and don't give 100%, and look bad and lose, I think it still is a failure because oh. the, the reason the season was such a success is because Thibodeau came in and he changed the culture. He made people believe because they're playing defense and they're playing hard and they're playing gritty. So if they go out and they go down a game or two and they just give up and don't give a good effort, I, I think it's going to change the way people look at this team and, and look at the mystique of Tom Thibodeau. And next year, there's not going to be the same level of excitement that there could be. They could well, go out and lose all Chris, four games as long as they play yeah. hard. And, and yeah, that, of course. And everyone I mean, will be happy. Yeah, I mean, but you can't. I mean, you can't expect that. And Chris, thanks for the phone call. I mean, th- this is a team that has made their bones on effort and defense and heart and, and hustle and, and sweat equity and all those kind of things. So I, I, I know we have to kind of predict based on all possible scenarios. If the Knicks go into the playoffs and lay down like dogs, well, yes, then that might impact how I feel about the season. I'm fairly confident that is not going to be the case. That would be, maybe that might be the most shocking thing about the Knicks this year. As, as shocking as all the other things are, if they went into the playoffs this year and, and laid down and got beaten by 20, 25 points a night and showed no comeback and just let go of the rope, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't even think that would happen if they played one of the top three seeds. Now, I don't think they're going to be one of the top three seeds. I don't think that they would make that much of a series, even if they were to win a game, even two. But I don't think that they would lay down, and even if it's the Bucks, if it's the Nets who have beaten them, obviously, but no, they're not going to. This team, they will give you effort, and they will give you everything they have. Whether or not that's good enough, well, that's, what, that's why you play the games. Let's go out to uh, D as in Yonkers. D, what's going on? Gordon, what's up, man? How are you? How you doing? I'm good. Good, yeah. It's so nice hearing you at night, man. I'm used to waking up at 5 in the morning and listening to you on the way to work. Yeah, nobody now sounds good at 5. I can tell you now, that. I know. Right now, I got, I'm on the way home, and it's, it's I got you. But, uh, no, it's funny because I remember listening to you in the morning when the season started. And I knew you were a big Atkinson guy, but at least, like, nobody thought that Tibbs was going to get as much as he got out of all these guys, you know. And the best thing about the whole season that I liked was seeing how much progression all the young guys like rj barrett couldn't knock down an open shot to the life of him at the beginning of the season and then now it's like he's shooting like 40 almost like 40 percent from the three-point line 
again, Matt, you can make those open shots, which is great to see, you know? Absolutely. But, uh, and, that, and that's the reason why I wanted Atkinson, was because I thought Atkinson yeah, would be much yeah. more of a kind of develop the guys that you have, see what you have there. And Tibbs has done exactly. a fantastic job that. with that. And you said that. and then, But it's like nobody thought that you can no. get the best out of everybody, you know? And the only thing that I'm going to say is, like, I, like, I'm already ecstatic as a Knicks fan. There's nothing they could do. The only thing I could see myself getting upset at in the playoffs, not saying it's a failure or not, but it's more of like a tease. Like, if we're playing against a good team and, and we're playing good the whole game, and then, like, and we have the lead in the fourth quarter because we've done it before and, like, blow the fourth quarter, that's just going to be, like, more upsetting. But that's just, just being a typical Knicks fan. Like, I, I get excited and then like, oh, we can't hold it. Like, we, did, we, held it yesterday, we held it yesterday, which was great. But I'm like – but those, but other than that, I'm just more excited that they, they just progressed throughout the year and it's just – it's excited to watch good basketball. We, talk, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. You said it, too, in the morning. It's like if we're talking about at the end of the season, if we're talking about – Meaningful games, Larry says it all the time. If we're talking about meaningful games at the end of the year, it's a success. We were hoping to even just play in the playing game. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm already I'm already you can end the season now and I'm happy. But I'm just excited to to, to get it going. I just wish all the fans were on the stand. You know what I mean? MSG yeah. would be awful. Well ball, I think that I, I'm you know? pretty sure and I'm not positive, D, I'll check on it in the break, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to have an increase by the time the playoffs get going. I I, I wanna say almost fifty percent, but I, I I'll check on that yeah, in the break. I'm where, pretty sure they're gonna have more That's where home that's what yeah, and that's where home court would for us would actually help if we got that fourth seat, you know, because I think that garden would be lit. Oh, you know? I, I mean, mean those people. I mean, they'll blow. They oh. even with fifty percent, they would blow the roof off the place. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Right. Just the playoff yeah. game in New York, and of yeah. course, this is the year that we do it. But it's just a good. It's like a good progress, man. You change the culture. The way you change the culture is winning, and that's what we're what we've been doing all year. So no negativity from me coming coming to the end of the season or going into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's the thing. And D, thanks for the phone call. I mean, look, if, when the season ends, however it ends outside of a championship you're you're going to be disappointed if they if they lose in the first round they lost in the second round wherever because you you're having so much fun watching them and there's such a, a joy to watch night in and night out almost every single night yeah you want that to just continue of course but by the time you wake up the next morning yeah it might sting a little bit ah the season's over you'll start thinking about what a fun season it was and you'll think about the off season and not just like pipe dreams of, oh, this guy's going to come and that guy's going to come. No, you have an actual basis for optimism about the regime, about the guys that are running the show. So I would think that whenever the next season ends, however it ends, barring something that's completely unpredictable, blown out in every game, not competing, however it ends outside of that, you're going to feel like, you know what, it's disappointing that it's over, but I feel really good about this first season with Tom Thibodeau and this first season of this regime running the show and, and, and seeing the progress already. Let's go out to, uh, let's see here, Mo is in Queens. Mo, what's going on, pal? Hey, Gordon, I hope you and the family is doing well, man. Same to you, Mo. Uh, before I get to my baseball points, you know, with the Knicks, I feel like this season is successful no matter how we do in the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, me as being a Knicks for a long time, uh, I thought coming into the season, getting a 10th, 9th seed and fighting for the play-in, I felt like that would be a successful season. But we're here fighting for home court advantage in the first round. is great. I mean, it shows what we uh, coaching could really do, and it's, it's really amazing. And... Uh, with my baseball points, you know, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I appreciate greatness. And for once in my life, I, I agree with the greedy, selfish fans of, of the Yankees fans saying this team is not good. 
besides DJ LeMayu and Eric Judge doing the thing regular. And Stan being 50-50, 50-50, meaning he'll stay healthy, but he'll give you 30 home runs and 100 RBIs, but have seven hot games, seven slump games. I feel like the Yankees lineup after that is really horrible. And I feel like they really went, uh, they really downgraded with the years uh, like before. They're not as scary as they were before. And I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Mo, they're not, pl- they're not performing the way they would ordinarily perform. And, and thanks for the phone call. I mean, just take a look at, at the numbers, right? I mean, <laughs> up and down the lineup, guys are not performing the way you would expect. And, and keep in mind, the Yankee offense is the number one strength of the team. It's not been so far. Although, you know, how many years have I heard about pitching defense? I want pitching. I want uh, situational hitting. I want the key hit in the big moment. Well, they're starting to do that. Maybe, maybe this is the way, this is the road forward. Maybe this is more of what everybody has wanted. I am still fairly confident that they are going to hit. Now, I'm not confident that everybody's going to hit in the lineup. Maybe there are going to be guys who just slump and just never get it started. But I am fairly confident that as the season goes along, the, the, the Yankee offense is going to be better than it has been. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to watch sometimes when you take a look at a lineup and not the batting average is uh, the best barometer. But all the stats, the, the, the slash line of guys, guys hitting under 200, the other day, I mean, how bad has Clint Frazier been? The other day, they intentionally walked Mike Ford to get to Clint Frazier. Mike Ford has like a 091 batting average. And they walked him to – so that's a guy that's really struggled that you expect the big things out of. Glaber has really struggled, especially with the power numbers. There's a lot of struggles in that line, Yankee line. I'm still – I'm going to still believe. I'll go down with the ship. <laughs> I will go – down with the ship that eventually things are going to improve because here's the the deal. Like any um, – and Voight, it looks like, is going to be back for the race series, and that will be a big piece because first base has been – yikes, what a black hole that has been. Just uh, non-productive players uh, lining there between Jay Bruce and, and, and Mike Ford. At least Ford has had a couple of home runs here or there, but that's been about it. Um, so you get Voight back. The only problem is, is I don't think that this is a normal year for the Yankees, and I would not be expecting some trade where they bring in some big-name star player because the number one goal, again, is going to be staying under that luxury tax threshold. Now, they might try some internal options. They've already kind of tried that. Maybe Esteban Florial, who has been red hot so far in, uh, I guess it's double-A that he's in. Uh, he's had a whole bunch of home runs in a short period of time. Maybe Maybe he's a guy that they'll eventually try here. I don't know, but uh, I think it's kind of up to the guys that they have pretty much to, to get this thing figured out. Let's go out to uh, Pierre is in Putnam. Pierre, what's going on? What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, listen, whatever it is James Dolan and uh, Garden is selling you guys, I wish I could bottle it up and sell it myself. Because, yes, it's been a successful season. Yes, it has been. For, the bar was so low. That because you are now a four no, seed, no, yes, no, no, it is no, successful. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with a the bar being time. so low, Pierre. The, the, if they win 38, 39, 40 games, that's a successful year. It doesn't matter that the bar was so low. It has no nothing dispute, to do with the bar being low. But you're saying that no matter how it ends, you're going to be happy. And that's just not true. That's just oh, no, absolutely. They, well, look, again, Pierre, I would Atlanta, put the caveat on is, as long as they don't get blown out in, the, in, in all four games of the first round of the playoffs, yeah, I'm going to be uh, – this is a successful year. Yeah, again, I'm not, I can't dispute you on a successful year. They made the playoffs they weren't supposed to. But long term, where's this team going? 
what, 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 what? I don't know who's going to be available. Is it Max Julius Randall? Is that is that the, the big play? I think I think Julius Randall is a part of the Knicks' future. Yeah. So Julius Randall's your core, along with RJ, non-athletic Barrett, middle jump shooting Barrett, and who's that other piece? Because from what I've been watching, listen, in 30 years listen in the NBA, to the hate. Listen, listen to oh, nervous people. They're the nervous. They don't like it. They don't like that the Knicks are turning things no, around. What's that? The next five years. I don't know, Pierre. I can't predict the next five minutes. I don't know where I'm. I don't know what shift I'm working on Wednesday on the station. You want me to predict the next five years of what the Knicks are going to do? I'm sorry, I can't tell you that. Thank. Will it result in something? Yes. Well, look, I don't know. Will be anything? I don't, Pierre. I don't know. I don't. Thank you for the call. I don't know that they're going to all of a sudden win a title. I can tell you that just about any fan base who's rooted for a team that's been terrible in one year goes from 21 wins to 38 wins. You got cap space. You got draft picks. You got a franchise player identified already on your roster. You got a front office that has connections around the league that seems to know what they're doing. I I can't tell you that I know for a fact the Knicks are going to win a championship, but I can tell you the next five years are going to be far better than anything I've seen the last five years. Way You're better. You're a hater. I, you can tell. Like, listen to, well, what are they going to do about this? Well, that's what negative people do, right? That, even in your life, if you say, you know, I want to make this change and uh, I'm 300 pounds, I want to lose some weight, and I, I started to diet, and in the first month I've lost four pounds. Well, oh, yeah, four pounds. <laughs> How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? It's going to work itself out. You start making, you start hiring good people. You put them in positions of success. That guy right there before the season, oh, Julius Rand, they're all the same people. They're all the same people. In fact, coming up, that was a good example of a verified Nick Hader. I have the best example of a verified Nick Hader. We'll let you hear that person coming up. And what it sounds like, because look, the goalposts are going to move. They're already moving. And God forbid the Knicks win a playoff series. I don't know what they're going to come up with then. How come this team didn't win a title? I don't know. But they'll come up with something. They're very persistent, these Nick haters. Hey, it's Gordon there. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York tonight. So we take you up until midnight. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We focused uh, almost exclusively on the Knicks so far because uh, yesterday's win was just so sensational. And even on a day where the Yankees got a walk-off win, another walk-off win, and the Mets, everything going on with them, the story of the day yesterday was clearly the Knicks. And I I was just struck listening today to all the different shows about how the conversation has already kind of shifted to, well, now the Knicks have done this, they have to do that, meaning that they have to now go win a playoff series to uh, have some sort of successful year or for the season not to be a failure or a disappointment. Uh, And I can tell you right now, almost exclusively from Knicks fans, they have told you, no, that's not the case. And who is a better barometer than the fan base itself? Now, I will grant you, the Nick fan base does have a tendency, more so than other fan bases, to be delusional. I will, grant, I will grant you that. That is a fair point. 
But if the fans are almost exclusively telling you that they've already had a successful year, that they're excited for the playoffs, but they don't have any mandate, well, they got to do this and they got to do that. Well, then maybe if you're one of the pontificators, the talking heads, maybe you kind of have to reevaluate things. So I think that a lot of this ties into what I have dubbed a verified Nick haters. And we, get, we had an example there before, uh, before the break, uh, a perfect example about, well, yes, you, you, have, you, have, you have these wins and you've had an amazing season. I can't debate that, but what about ne- what's next? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? Well, I don't know. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get to that point, right? Let's give it a little of a break and, and, and figure it out. But here's a better example. This is from uh, First Take, and this is someone who has already gone through the process. We, we did this uh, in the morning show coming up with a, a process, an algorithm to identify verified Nick haters. And probably no one jumped off the algorithm more than one Max Kellerman. Now, since the days of real Nick hatred from, from Max, he has kind of changed his tune. At least he has said he has changed his tune, that he's given them respect. And Julius Randle, a movie that he laughed at, openly mocked on air. He has said he's changed his tune. But it's not that surprising that he would be one of the first people that I heard saying about how the Knicks now have to go win a playoff series for this year to be successful. Here's from first take Max Kellerman earlier today. If you asked me before the season started, I'd be like, if the Knicks get to the playoffs, this sorry bunch get to the playoffs, that's a huge success. But we're not in the beginning of the season anymore. And expectations have reset. If you can win 11 out of 12 games, You know, you should be able to take a best of seven from a team like the Hawks. And whether people want to admit it or not, if they lost to Atlanta in the first round, yeah, it would be disappointing. If at this point, not at that point, preseason, you're right. We are not in the preseason. At this point, if you're talking about what is a success, it's not going out, winning a game or two, letting the other team know you were there. It's beating the Atlanta Hawks. They just beat the Clippers. They they won 11 of 12 at one point. They have they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. You know why they're shooting it better now? They play unselfishly. They stay connected both ends of the floor. Thibodeau's done an amazing job. Julius Randle's a top five MVP. All those things are true. Derrick Rose, sixth man of the year candidate. All those things are true. I take my hat off to him. But because they're true. You got to beat Atlanta in the first round now. You got to beat Atlanta in the first round. I mean, do you see? You're do you a see hater. how they're spinning? Do you see how they're spinning? They're spinning any way they can to move the goalposts. Well, yes, the expectation was back then. Well, you can't play the playoffs back then. You can only play the playoffs now. And anywhere, anybody who is a fair judge will tell you that the Knicks have already had a successful season. No matter what happens in the playoffs, no matter how things uh, advance, if they advance to the second round, if they don't advance to the second round, there's no point that this Knicks season will end and you will look back and say, that was a disappointment. That was a real failure. They really screwed that up. There's, there's just no chance. They've already accomplished that for a first year. And again, I know they've stunk for a long time. This is year one of the rebuild. The coach is in place. The GM is in place. The president's in place. There's more work to do. You're going to have to improve the roster, but this team already has proven that they have had a successful year. 
Uh, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go to Charlie and Woodside. Charlie, what's going on? Hey, Gordon. How you doing? I'm good. What's up? Uh, Larry out today? He's he is, yes. Before. Yep. yep. I, I um, well, it's okay. It's okay, Gordon. You're doing a great job. So. Thank you. But I like to talk about the uh, the Yankees, and I know the I mean seven and two homestand is always good, but I mean the production of the bottom of the order on this team, but the production from the bottom of the order is just so absolutely putrid. Just no production, and you look at the this team. I mean two games over five hundred, but majority with pitching, with the bullpen's been great, and the starting pitching has. Turn it around with Kluber in the last three starts. Harmon since the, oh, he come back from old I mean, and Montgomery's been solid. I mean, Cole, you know what Cole does, and what is that from? But like, I mean, then like the offense has to. I mean, I know all the baseball's offense not heavy, but Mike in this. I mean, this offense. I mean, besides some of the big guys, even Judge an awful slump right now. Stanton, fine. I mean, Stanton's been doing good. Like runners in scoring position just so bad, and but overall, I, I mean, eventually this thing's gonna hit and hit the uh, put the pressure off the um, the pitching. And I think that the, the one thing, the big thing that I'm looking forward to in this road trip is starting off is tomorrow is enough is enough. This team needs to stop start. I mean, stop getting, stop losing to Tampa Bay. Enough is enough. This team, got play, this team will finish, this team will play, what, four, one more series after this one with a total four total series before they face even play one game with the Red Sox. So, I mean, enough is enough. They need to stop playing against Tampa Bay. They need to, they're getting, um, I, I'm, I'm getting sick of it, losing to that team. It's time for this Yankee team to take, uh, take the, um, Take down the Rays. I mean, enough is enough. Yeah, well, look, I mean, and Charlie, thanks for the phone call. I think some guys are starting to show you some signs. I mean, Glaber with the home run yesterday, it's not so much the home runs because the home runs come in bunches generally, uh, but it's just the overall power numbers. I mean, up until yesterday, he has five extra base hits on the year, three of them against the Orioles, who he usually owns. So hopefully this is a sign uh, uh, from the weekend that he, maybe he's getting things pointed in the right direction. Aaron Hicks has, has been better, uh, even though the overall numbers still look terrible. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's got things pointed in the right direction. Frazier is still struggling, and Duhar has not done anything as of yet. That's a problem. Judge is obviously uh, based on, I, I'm guessing, from how they are resting him at every, uh, at every availability, it seems like, is dealing with some sort of ailment or injury or something because he's been just flat out a non-entity here for uh, the last week or so. So you're hoping that eventually things get pointed in the right direction or at least more than these are going to uh, than, than not. Now, Voight's going to come back, it looks like, in the Rays series, so that will be another bat. And then you're hoping that, you know, instead of having four guys hitting, that it's eventually five guys hitting, that it's eventually six guys hitting. Because right now the Yankees have basically the top four, you know. Uh, well, Mayhew's been good. Stanton obviously had that stretch where he was out of his mind. He's kind of cooled off here a little bit. Um, Judge had a stretch where he was okay and now has been slumping. Uh, and and that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. You know, the, the overall offensive output. I mean, you take a look at the, the numbers. Glaber Torres' slugging is 308. This is a guy who's slugging the first two years of his career in the 500s, averaging about a 500 slugging percentage. He's slugging 308. 
Sanchez has been well documented. You got a guy at first base, Mike Ford. He's up to 103. I mean, that's not uh, Clint Frazier. As I mentioned, he got intentionally walked the other day. To uh, uh, Ford got intentionally walked the other day so they could pitch to Clint Frazier. That's not good. And then Duhar, who you were hoping is going to come here and and get an opportunity maybe after having some some good at bats down uh, at the alternate site, and then. He has not done anything so far. Now, it's been a very small sample size. you got to give him a little bit more run. It's not like you have a lot of great options. But this w- this is an opportunity for him after 2018 where he's not really had that opportunity because of just happenstance and injury. He's not been able to do anything. But you have to hope that eventually the Yankee lineup is going to start performing like the Yankee lineup. Uh, let's go out to uh, Bruce. Is in Flushing. Bruce, what's going on? Gordon, I can't take it anymore. I'm sick and tired of watching Gary Sanchez oh, and Clint Frazier every day. And it's time to get rid of both of them. They don't have any – I mean, at a, least with Sanchez, Higashioka, okay, fine. I mean, what are you going to do with Frazier? Who, who, who are you putting in there? Gardner every day? Well, let, let me explain. Okay. Um, you can either bring up Florio, which uh-huh. maybe rushed it a little bit, I grant you, or you can go out and get an outfielder. The, the Yankees, there's, a, there's an outfielder who's an ex-Yankee, um, McKinney, who's either at the Pirates or he's at the Oakland A's. I think it's the Pirates, who's hitting 246. Now, normally you would say 246, what's the big deal? But that's a hell of a lot better than 145. Yeah. Fra- I mean, Frazier's been a massive disappointment, and I've been a big fan of his. I felt like he deserved an opportunity even the last couple of years, and you thought after last year especially that he was going to – you know, this was going to be kind of a jumping-off point for him, and I can't, uh, I can't explain it. I mean, he's just swinging through fastball. It doesn't seem like he's, he's even close. You know, sometimes you see guys, and they're still struggling, but it seems like at points they have moments. Uh, Frazier has not had well, I think any part, moments. I think part of it is when they brought back Gardner, it screwed up his head. Everybody knew that was going to happen. Now, you want to say mm-hmm. Frazier should be tough enough to withstand that? Probably. But this kid has always been a sensitive kid. And when they brought back Garner, I guess he felt a loss of, of confidence. Now, Sanchez, you know it's only a matter of time before they trade him. Imagine, the Yankee pitching staff is a full-point better ERA yeah. when, he, when, he, when he's not catching. You've got Robinson Torinas, who's recovered from the broken wrist. He went three for three the other day. You trade Sanchez. I don't see what you get for him, but he's addition by subtraction with Sanchez. You bring up Robson Terniers. You get rid of Frazier. You, you bring up, like I said, McKinney or an outfield of that type, or bring up Florio. Now, I'm, I'm not saying these guys is going to be hitting 300, but they got to be better than what, what you have yeah. right now. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, Bruce, and thanks for the phone call. Sanchez has, uh, for a long time, I said this last year, and I got people tell, oh, you know, you're ridiculous. He's as about as, as, as frustrating a player to watch as there is. Uh, I, I remember days of Joel Skinner and, uh, you know, bad Yankee catchers that they've had who had no offensive game whatsoever. It's hard to imagine someone being worse than Sanchez has been. I mean, it really has. It, it is tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And at least you would say Sanchez actually probably has been better than, than Frazier. Frazier's probably even worse. 
Those two guys, yeah, they're, they're very difficult to watch. I don't think that they're going to make any massive changes. I think maybe if you get into the season a little bit more and Floreal does keep doing what he's doing somewhat reason, you know, so, he's not going to hit home runs every single day, but um, maybe that's an internal option that they look towards. He is still very young. I think he's only played like six games even at double A, so I don't know that they're going to rush him in that way. But, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, look, I'm just happy to get Luke Voigt back. You know, just having a legitimate first baseman will be a godsend because the battle of, of Jay Bruce and Mike Ford, whew, that has been that has been tough to watch. That has been, I mean, between Ford and Bruce, they make uh, Sanchez look like Babe Ruth. I mean, that is, that is, and that's tough to do. That is tough to do. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.